Hi, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast Season 2, and I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is a podcast dedicated to all things food, from recipe ideas to interviews with chefs, producers, purveyors, farmers, and people who just love culinary adventures like myself. So join us here on Fridays to explore the world through the lens of food, and together we can share some yummy food, some laughs, and I welcome you here at my table always. And if you're ready, let's go on a food adventure together starting right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 19, season two. Now, before we get started, if you're new to the podcast, thanks for joining us. If you've been here a while, well, you know what I'm going to say. First, I love and appreciate you. And second, don't take notes. I've taken all your notes. Go to my website for everything, elizabethrfuller.com. And while you're there, of course, check out my amazing food and product photography. It's what I do for a living. That's how I do my bills. So help me help you take some beautiful pictures. Send me an email. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast, if you need culinary sleuthing of any kind, well, you know how to reach me. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And of course, tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Are you guys now? Let's do this. But before we get started, we have a word from our sponsor this week. Howdy, food adventurers. I'm Neil Dudley, the Vice President of Peterson's Farms. We produce top quality bacon, sausage, and ham from humanely raised animals that are never fed any animal byproducts. We're real people making real food with a focus on environmentally safe practices. So what does that mean for you? It means delicious, healthy proteins made with care, and it means feeling good about what you eat. To learn more about what we do, visit petersonsfarms.com. That's P-E-D-E-R-S-O-N-S-F-A-R-M-S.com. you got to be sure and get all those S's in there. And since we're fans of this podcast, we'd like to offer you 30% off if you'll use this discount code, ADVENTURE30. This offer is only valid for one-time use and cannot be combined with any other offers. But we know you'll love our products, and you can still get great savings on your next order with our rewards program and subscription options. We're Peterson's Farms, and we want to make the best better. Check us out at petersonsfarms.com today. And remember, don't forget to enter Adventure 30 at the checkout to get your discount. All right, you guys, and now back to the show. Well, 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 here we are. It is another week. First, I have to say to all of my LGBTQIA plus friends, family, listeners, I love you. I support you. I always have. I always will. And happy Pride Month. Uh, Pride is something that I celebrate every single day. And uh, it's, it's an important month because it shines a light on just what this community needs, which is a lot of uplifting, a lot of support, and just a lot of kindness, care, and understanding. So love is love. I love you. I see you. And you will always have a squirrel friend in me. Um, There's also, you know, a lot of just shit going on in the world that fucking sucks. And so when, you know, I, I'm 
I'm here creating content and having wonderful fun and funny and uplifting conversations um, with a lot of wonderful and amazing people out there in the world. And I'm so lucky and fortunate to do that. And when there's a lot of just shit happening in the world, for lack of a better word, it does feel a little silly to sit here and talk about food. But I also, and I said this before and I'll say it again, you know, I I feel like sometimes you just need to, to shine light where you can and for a second try to just recharge your batteries before you go back into the trenches of, of reality and fight the fight. Um, so that's what I'm doing right now is just recharging my batteries, trying to bring a tiny bit of joy in my little corner of the world, even though I acknowledge and understand everything that's going on with so much pain, fear, hate, and just struggle that us as a nation and in the world is just going through. So that is not lost on me. Um, I at times feel, like I said, feel very silly making this podcast, but in the same vein, here we are. And it brings me joy to, to talk to you guys. It brings me joy to have these wonderful conversations with people and share them with you. So I hope it brings you a moment of joy as well. And one last housekeeping aside, I just went through and edited everything and listened to the audio and Zoom accidentally put everything on one audio track. So, <laughs> and that is not good in sound land when you have um, more than one person speaking. So anyway, I apologize for the sound on this episode. I'm doing my best to edit it and make it sound amazing, but I'm just going to say right now, I apologize. Some of the the tracks, some of the people speaking are louder than others. Normally I would edit that in post and unfortunately I can't thank you Zoom, but that won't happen again. I fixed that in, in the Zoom settings. All right, enough with me. Let's get going. This week, <laughs> we're going to get into it in a second, but this week it's just, it's such a fun conversation that I got to have with some friends. Yes, plural. Um, these, uh, okay, let's just let, cue the fun music, you guys. Hold on. Okay, wait. There's the fun music. All right, these ladies, these women, I've known them. <laughs> I've had the privilege of calling them, you know, more than friends like family for the last 35 plus years. We have known each other since we were like four and five years old. Um, Angie and I met in ballet class, I believe, before elementary school. Yeah, we go way back. They are definitely the friends who I get to choose as family. I, our moms are best friends. I, I love them to pieces. We've been a part of each other's lives through the big things, the little things, and you know, 35 years is no joke. So these women, let me just tell you a little bit about them before we get started. And they're gonna explain more too, but they are incredible women. They are career driven. They are very successful in what they both choose to do. They have families, they're moms. They are, oddly enough now, closer than they ever have been because when we were kids, man oh man, they fought like I've never seen sisters fight. 
It was epic. It was like some epic throwdown shit. Now they're best friends. So please welcome to the podcast, Angela Gibney and Allison Bennett, better known to me as Angie and Allie. Hi, ladies. Hi, Beth. Hello. It's so good to see your faces. So for the listeners, there's going to be two voices besides my own today. We have Allison and Angela. I call them Allie and Angie. So I can't, they're childhood friends. I can't not call them how I known them for almost 40 years. Um, but so if you guys want to introduce yourselves a tiny bit and just tell everyone who you are so they can hear your voice and then hopefully recognize it as we cackle along for the next hour. All right, Allie, you go first because you're the oldest. Oh, okay. Hello, everybody. Uh, happy to be here. Um, I am Allie, and I am 43. And she I also like mom- long walks on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and- this is a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> and for love and acceptance and belonging. Um, no, I'm a mom too. I work as a school counselor in a city school with middle school kids. I love it. Um, love to cook, love to eat, love to mix up cocktails, love to entertain, uh, love you, Bethy, and your I family you too, so, um, and my dear sister. So it's awesome to be here. Yay. All right, Angie. All right. How well, are you going to top that? I'm not sure I could. Uh, Angela Gibney uh, used to be Fosher. Some people call me Fosh. Yeah. Ange. Angie, um, younger sister to Allie, and I'm also a mom of two boys, nine and four, and um, I am a practice manager for an audiology practice, busy, I'm a wife, sister, but I love to cook, Yeah, love to clean, love all the things my sister loves, we're kind of similar in that way. I know. And it's so funny because growing up, you two loved all the things that each other loved, but you hated <laughs> that about one another. Like the epic Fosher fight <laughs> in that fucking household, man. Like, oh, man. Like walls would be like just destroyed. And like you'd be hopping over furniture with a hairbrush, beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> like it was so true. No joke. And like I remember like your household, first household to get a Nintendo. No questions asked. Like yep. coolest house, like your your parents, your dad, especially Jerry, who mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll talk about, and your mom Nance. We'll talk about Nancy Pants. Like Jerry had to have the latest and greatest of everything, whether it's like electronics, kitchen stuff, gadgets. Like he always had to have. So that's why you had the Nintendo. You had the huge TV downstairs with that like super man cavey vibe. <laughs> <laughs> dark player yeah we could blare you know prince and oh, our, yeah. you know we always joke our parents really couldn't pay their bills but we sure had a lot of electronics oh my god <laughs> epic dance parties like your house first house we watched in our movie without question i'm sure i saw beaches at your house for the first time like sobbing oh, in the, i know <laughs> I that know. was on beta in our it basement was. with the um, black pleather couches and the yep. red um, carpet. And then there was uh, fish netting over the um, like you know, <laughs> fisherman's netting over the bar where every bottle of alcohol was filled with water. By the time, <laughs> by the time we were done with them. Yeah. 15 absolutely. and a half. You could, oh. My parents' friends couldn't catch a buzz. No. <laughs> 
no, like the vodka was cloudy and they still, they never yelled at us. Like, I mean, nope. the sleepover parties we had in that, like, we won't even get into what happened at those, but <laughs> by God, like it was, you guys had the greatest house to hang out at for without, without question. Now I already introduced you guys coming on here. So people have an idea of like how long we've been friends, how we know each other. But I think a fun fact about you guys is both of you went away for college out of state. And then you both somehow decided to come back and like raise a family here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why? Mm -hmm. What brought you back to New England? Great question. So I went to college at University of Florida um, for undergrad, loved it, but really Gainesville is a perfect college party town, not really a place you want to live forever, uh, in my opinion, and uh, came back for graduate school, lived in Boston and met my husband and we lived in Charlestown for 10 yeah, awesome for a years. long time. You had a great house um, in Charlestown. Oh, I loved it. But with two kids and, you know, no parking and wondering about the public schools, uh, we started our house search and we couldn't afford anything in any of the towns outside Boston. So we kept creeping and creeping and creeping up. And Scott found a house in my hometown. And I said, no, I will never. But when the price is right and you can renovate and then the plan was that it would be short term and we would flip it and sell and I don't know, move to some imaginary place that was going to be perfect. And then, you know, you start a life and then you realize it's really convenient and my family's close and my kids love it. And now they have friends and the price is still right. So yeah, um, yeah that's how, and I love New England. I, you know, when we talk about cooking, especially New England brings seasons and I'm a what's next person. Mm -hmm. So what I love about New England is not only are you changing your boots and your sweater, and your candles, but you're changing what you cook and not just cooking by season where you love the fresh vegetables in the summer, but I even just really get into like stews in the fall mm -hmm. and raising things. And, you know, you're using different ingredients, you're using different pots and pans, and then it's another season where then you're grilling pizzas outside. So New England also suits my need for change yeah. and what's next. And then being able to buy new outfits all the time because now it's spring and you know, you might need new white jeans because you had wine on the last pair. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Angie, why do you love New England? Why, why'd you come back? Because again, you were in Florida too. Yeah, I was at University of Tampa for awesome years, but you know, Florida, I just no. couldn't see myself. I love visiting, but I couldn't see myself living there. So moved back up here, met Freddie, and we did live in Philly for a few years, but when it, after we got married and then, you know, we talked about having a family and I really wanted to be close to my sister and my mom and my parents and my dad. And, you know, it, we just made that choice. And same thing. I love the seasons, even though winter is a little too long and yeah. a little too cold. I love the seasons. And just like my sister said, cooking for the seasons Winter is all about like stews and things cooking, you know, for a long time in the oven. And then summer's like, all I want to do is grill. Yeah, so, for sure. No, and yeah. I'm glad you guys mentioned family because you have a huge extended family that's nearby. And yes, and the, your mom is what, one of nine? Yes, nine. Um, yeah, grew up here in the area too. So in Nashua, like in your, Nashua. your roots run yes. deep in Nashua. Even yes. my nana grew up in Nashua. Yeah, which and is her, yeah, 
dad had a bakery here. So um, many, many years. And just, you know, when you have, when you're one of nine and then everybody goes and have has kids, any gathering is a bash where, you know, growing up, we would have kegs at like a first communion. Yeah. <laughs> it was because that was practical, right? Like if you have, because <laughs> you have that many people. people. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a big, a family that was always about celebrating, uh, everything together. So it then was more casual because there was just so many people. So it wasn't formal sit down. It was everybody bring something. Yeah. Uh, my grumpy gramps, my mom's dad would go to the VFW and get ice out of their machine. And uh, he was a very good member. He, he was a good member and really contributed to their um, overall success. And we would um, just celebrate in this casual way that I thought every family did, you know, until you started inviting boyfriends or friends over. Yeah. Um, and they said, holy crap. Yeah. Like, this is for like, you know, Sean's birthday. Right. This isn't like a four year family reunion. Like this is like a Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> what the? So, out of all of your family, Angie, who do you think is the best cook? Like, even your extended family. Like, who is? Ooh. Yeah, and you can name yourself. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like I know you have a lot of good cooks in the yeah. family who like yeah. to cook. I don't know if they're all good, but a lot of them like. To, like, your mom loves to cook. Yeah, my mom's an excellent cook. Um, you know, I'm gonna nominate my sister. I think she's wow. a fabulous cook. She's a one wonderful entertainer. I learn a lot from her. We, you know, share recipes all the time, but I think she's a really, really great cook. Uh, Allie, did you nominate yourself this? as well? Yeah, no, I, I was honestly thinking my sister because, you know, you can't really vote for yourself. And you are so cute. <laughs> um, the, the facts will show when we talk about our yearly competition. Yeah. Um, I also think that we cook in a similar way and have similar tastes. So Whatever I have of my sisters, I love because mm. we order the same things at restaurants. We have very similar um, tastes and interests and are, we're adventurous when we eat. We love fresh seafood. And so I would say absolutely my sister. Uh, my dad is a really great cook too. Like mm -hmm. my mom yeah. is as well, but she was a late bloomer. So she's more new to it where my dad early on was the one who taught us to be more adventurous about food. And he approached cooking like an engineer. So like a scientist where he, um, you know, researched the recipes and it was careful and methodical and, and beautiful. And it was the first time that I saw meals in a different way other than, you know, American chop suey. Yeah. Food on a plate. Like just yeah, because nachos. we just need to eat. Yeah. Or that very like American processed. And I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just how people cooked and how people ate. And yeah, you know, my mom was 17, 18 when she got married. It's not like she had a lot of experience cooking. So he really shifted the idea. I remember eating green pasta and veal piccata at my old house, you know, our little ranch yeah, on Vespa. Thinking, I don't know who he thinks we are, but we had right. today. <laughs> right. That's awesome. So now yeah. knowing you have such a huge extended family and there's probably recipes that over the years have gotten passed down through your generations in the family tree. Is there one that, that comes to mind for each of you that you now make and remind you of either a family event, a person, a childhood memory that you're like, Oh God, every time I make 
this it connects me with that family member or that that family. Do you have moment. one, sister? Mm-hmm. Or you, I, I have one in mind. Um, so shepherd's pie, but I do it differently. So growing up, we called it Chinese pie in our house. Why? I don't know. I don't my know. husband's from Montreal, and he calls it pate chinois, which is <laughs> Chinese pie too. So that's I think really we're meant to be. Um, my mom called it our in our family. It was shepherd's pie and yeah. I mean Chinese pie. So it was ground beef, can of creamed corn, can of regular corn, mashed potatoes, and slices of American cheese melted on top in a Pyrex. Oh my God. Delicious. Okay. Fair um, enough. And now when I make it, I like to think of it as that same comfort food, because really that is a comfort meal, but with sort of this elevated flair. So I use red wine and Worcestershire sauce and um, maybe two different kinds of meats. And I really, you know, add a lot of butter and chives to the potatoes. And I'll even, you know, do, I still do a can of cream corn, by the way. I was going to ask. Do you still do the sliced American cheese too? No, I don't, but I'm not above it. I think I would, but, and I like it to get really crispy on the top and I have like the great pan that I use for it, but it still is a comfort food and it's wonderful after we do a lot of skiing and Mm -hmm. it's my go-to, like, you know, rent a ski house in Vermont and everyone comes back from the mountain and because I can make that at home and then bring it and cook it. And it is like a crowd pleaser. Mm. Angie. So mine is kind of funny, but it's spinach dip. You know, the old school spinach dip yeah. in the Red Bull. We yeah. always had that at like every family event. You did. Literally at Easter this year, two people brought oh. spinach dip. One, maybe three. Uh, there was like a bun. One was like in a bunny shape. And then someone else brought it in the bread bowl. Oh <laughs> so many dips. But I, who doesn't love a little spinach dip? Oh, yeah. A packet, right, Ange, of normal. Yeah, that. That like vegetable. Yes. And you, you had to order the pumpernickel bread bowl I ahead did. of time at Market Basket <laughs> at the bakery. Yes. Like yeah. doing you a favor. <laughs> now you but can definitely is, elevate it, but yeah, you know. but like tearing out the parts of the bottom of the bread bowl that are like yes. super soaked in with the dip. Oh. I don't know. It's pretty fucking awesome. I'm not gonna, it, I'm not gonna lie. And you order all those bread bowls and it's still 99 cents when you get when you pay at Market Basket. You're like, oh once God. again. <laughs> no price gouging there. Inflation has not hit market basket in Nashville, New Hampshire off at exit eight. So now in you both are moms and you both have kids. You both have two kids. Do you, is there a recipe that you think that they will make when they're older that will remind them of each of you? Ooh, I was going to say eggs Benedict, but that's more my husband. He cooks that on Sundays for them Um, because we love food. Definitely. My kids are very good eaters and Mm -hmm. um, have sort of taste that is, you know, a little bit there. They don't eat cereal for breakfast. No. So I think eggs Benedict is the one that probably will remind them of family and Scott's really good at it. Um, and then for me, I think my kids will think of just a steak dinner, like a really good ribeye and a cast iron skillet that then goes into the oven with homemade mac and cheese. And we call it in our family, brown broccoli. Oh, like uh, burnt broccoli. Yeah. So yeah. I roast it on a high heat with some olive oil and, you know, whatever spices I have around. Sometimes I'll, you know, put some shallots in there and they eat brown broccoli 
like bowls and bowls of it. Um, and so God forbid when those children go and just have like steamed broccoli at a restaurant, they look at it like, who brought that? Yeah. Where's, where's my brown broccoli? And every year on their birthday, they get to pick a meal and it is um, mostly steak, mac and cheese and brown broccoli. Oh, Angie, what about you? Um, well, my boys, we are really into making homemade pizzas together. Mm-hmm. And I think that we, we do it almost once a week. So I think when they're older, I think anytime they think about pizza or make pizza, mm-hmm. I'll come back to that. But it's something, you know, everyone can pick their own toppings. And it's easy and fun. And I try to make my own dough. So oh, and I love that. Cook, and where do you cook your pizzas? In, yeah. your- in my uni oven thanks to my sister my mom that's what i have yes, I, I love it mine. yeah it's mm-hmm. a our, it, it, there's a learning curve to the uni oven i'm not gonna lie huge, huge, huge. learning curve. yeah <laughs> and only my sister was up for it like i, knew, I burned I so many pizzas so many and like <laughs> if you don't burn them the first few the bottoms are not fucking done at all like no nope. like you might as well just get the oven going because <laughs> my kids <laughs> ate some raw dough a few times definitely <laughs> sure that's so funny i'm making some this week i uh i'm trying to find a really good pizza dough recipe because i'm i like a really nice like neapolitan style yeah to italy too many times to not eat really good pizza dough and i can't find a good one to make i like so far what i've decided is if you let the dough sit out for like two days or at least a day on your counter and then a day in the fridge you can get enough fermentation going where you can get the big gassy air bubbles which is what you need right because i don't have a sourdough starter anymore r.i.p 2020 sourdough starter but um i know some people who still have theirs going like good for them not my not my jam i killed that just like I killed bamboo and other plants in my household. So add it to the fucking list. Right. But, um, that's awesome. I love that. And pizza and the pizza oven and everything else, like it's two thumbs way up. So, um, when it comes to finding recipes now, I know you, Angie, you probably do the majority of the cooking in the household, right? Like Freddie. I do. Yeah. Freddie probably mans a grill once in a while, but like, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, 98%, I would say. Allie, you do a lot of the cooking in your household, but Scott does enjoy cooking more than Freddie does. Well, (laughs) I think the problem is that we're kitchen bosses. So I think that maybe Scott would love to cook sometimes, but something about me following him around, barking (laughs) suggestions and and directions maybe isn't as enjoyable. So he swears he used to know how to cook. I don't really see evidence of that anymore besides eggs Benedict, but I think he could, but I love it so much. And I feel like I'm better at it than him. Like he's better at a lot of things than I am. And so I don't, I don't really let, that doesn't sound nice let, but I think we've fallen into roles where he also, yeah, us too. I get out at two forty-five, three, yeah, and have the summers off because I work in public education. You know, before COVID hit, he was in the office until seven, and he is not. My sister and I talk about this all the time. I'm efficient. I I can come in after a day of work and I can whip up a healthy, delicious meal, and I can do it fast because right. I I practice it. I can't for years. Watching him, he's wonderful, but. I could like cut that onion in no time. So I'm yeah. kind of, you know, 
maybe a little bit. Yeah, more like, yeah, would you do that? Would you do that? Um, But yes, he's an excellent griller. So he does the grilling because, you know, that is about timing. And as much as I have to say that, you know, I am proud of some of the things I make, I don't really pay attention to detail. So I'm a terrible baker. Mm-hmm. you need mm-hmm. to measure and things yeah. are important and like that's not me and I'm not good at timing so like no. I would burn things so yeah he he's um probably could cook if he wasn't married to me I'm sure he would be able to survive if he wasn't married to you and he would find he would forage food like any man out in the world hunting yeah. and gathering um but I do agree that I have, we have fallen into a very similar pattern in our household as well, where Todd does not do any of the cooking and I do it all. And he claims that because like you guys are saying like the kitchen, I know where everything is in the kitchen. It's my territory, blah, blah, blah. I look at that as kind of a laundry list of excuses <laughs> because there's certain times that like you do, you do know where things are. You could cook. It would be nice if we all maybe collaborated a little, but anyway, I digress. So how do you guys come up with recipes in your household? Do you have like a staple list that you just kind of rotate through? Cause your mom's too. And I'm not saying, you know, when you have kids, you can't be adventurous, but it's a little different for me. Like a lot of my clients dictate what I'm going to eat if I'm shooting, if I'm in studio that week, or I also just like eating really outside of the box all the fucking time. So mm-hmm. it's not like you guys are sometimes kids don't have that adventure sense. Like they're fatigued from the day and decision-making. They're like, no, I want something I know. I don't want to eat some random South Indian dish that you just decided to spend $200 on groceries on. Like it's not, no. Right. So yeah. How about you guys. It's a, it's a mix and a balance. So I try to do most meals that we can all eat, especially for family, you know, Sunday family dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's important. We sit at the table, the kids set the table. We try to use good manners. Um, but <laughs> define good manners. Oh, so Owen cannot burp or fart at the table. Oh, okay. Um, they have to stay at the table until they're excused. They have to clear the table, um, and set the table. And we try to use Scott's family's silver. Just oh, that's nice. Treat. Do you have their little nimble fingers polishing the silver too? In addition to, <laughs> I'm going to actually, I think um, you should. And during the week, you know, we're running around, they have sports all the time. And so for me, it's about sometimes ease and something that I can prep ahead and then roll out, whether it's I'm prepping all the peppers and onions ahead of time and then doing a sheet pan, you know, of mm-hmm. chicken and vegetables. But on usually on Friday or Saturday night, I like to do something that's just for adults. If it's a seared tuna mm. or a shiitake mushroom risotto, something that is a little bit more special that I have time for. Um, and I will eat later. So then at that point, I will give the kids like the fun kid food, a frozen whole foods pizza, by the way, they're delicious. It's they are delicious. Yeah. Only affordable thing at whole foods. I think they're like six 99 and they are like my kid's favorite. Yeah. Um, or my sister taught me they have frozen meatballs. What is that brand you love? Oh, the kids eat earth best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meatballs. Those mini meatballs. Yeah. I put them in their lunches and stuff. They're great. Are they uh, vegetarian so or vegan? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's a mix, but I also, you know, we got into the point where 
we just said like, this is what you eat. Um, and we do a no thank you bite. So if you don't like what's on your table, you don't get to just not eat it or say anything unkind or, you know, and they have to have a no thank you bite. And mm. so they take a bite and that has worked also worked because grace is a very good eater. And so Owen will do what she does. Oh, um, So it's sort of a mix, but I do, I still like to cook something that's a little bit more special that I, right. Like if I'm going to go buy really expensive halibut, I'm yeah. not feeding Owen and grace all that halibut. They can have cod. <laughs> I don't blame you. I mean, halibut is so fucking expensive. It's so good. So good. So expensive. Swordfish is probably less expensive yes. right now than I was at the store yesterday. And I was, I saw the fish prices and I was like, holy. <laughs> Everything's so Yeah. Um, Angie, what about you? So I typically, because I work in the office Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on Sundays, I kind of do like my meal prep for the week. I make a plan because I always like to have my lunches made. And then I know certain things for dinner that my kids will eat that we can mm. all eat, but I'm not there yet. And sometimes I make two dinners every night, one for <gasps> Freddie and, and one for the kids because they're, you know, not as adventurous. Well, they're young too. Yeah, like, they're young. Well, you know, Gavin's more, but Nolan's still like tough, but like I made flank steak on Sunday. They loved it. You know, things like that. If I make chicken cutlets breaded, like in the air fryer, they love that. Yeah. So I just know I kind of like, I plan for the week, but yeah, same. I like to cook on the weekends. I pick a night where it's like, I'm going to cook something good that I can mm. take my time with. And we text each other. So we'll all, all, me, my mom and my sister on the weekends are like, it just says on Sunday, what are you cooking? Aww. Because we all know. And then we'll send a picture of what we're making. And then after we'll say, was it worth it? So yeah. It is a connection. Like, you know, during COVID, my mom did this adorable thing with some of the girl grandkids where she did a cooking class where they all made a recipe together on the iPad. So like, you know, it, it is a way to connect. And we love to talk about recipes and food with the three of us, especially, um, you know, on Sundays. So we always make a Sunday meal. I usually make something that I can take to work during the oh, week, yeah. um, like a soup or a stew or, you know, something that grill a bunch of chicken um, mm -hmm. because, you know, working, you do have to sort of have a plan. I'm much more fun in the summer, obviously, where I can <laughs> go get like, Oh, what do we want? Fresh fish tacos tonight. All right. I'll go get it. Yeah. Um, but uh, you have to plan because if not, then you're eating stuff that doesn't make you feel good and you're spending too much money. So we do try to plan. Yeah. What are your favorite resources for recipes? Well, I uh -huh. sort of, I feel like I outgrew some of the, this is I know. Say, but like, as you become like a more adventurous, skilled cook, um, I'm really a Bon Appetit girl. Like mm -hmm. I really, cause in some ways those recipes still challenge me. Like there yeah. might be an ingredient on the list that I don't know. And I love that. So that's for my weekend, definitely. And when my Bon Appetit magazine comes in, it's like, ah, I can feel like the light from the heavens shining down on me. Totally. And I just want everyone to leave me the fuck alone yep. and I want to pour a drink. And I want to Flip read through. my magazine and then dog ear and underline. Um, so that one, I think, but also I have this app that I like called Paprika. Oh, sure. 
which has been great for organizing recipes and shopping lists. So that if I have time, I will load those and then they save your recipes. And I really like that because then if I'm, if I'm stumped, then I'll go back Mm. like stuffed peppers. Um, I never do green. I always do yellow and red Mm -hmm. um, and half open, you know, cut them and make almost like it looks like lasagna at the end of it with stuffed peppers um, is another one you can make on a Sunday and eat all week. Mm -hmm. Angie. I'm really loving half-baked harvest. Love her. Did you get the new cookbook? No, but I'm going to get it. Get it. I'm going to get the shit out of it. Oh my God. I love, I, you know, I go to her website, obviously for most of my recipes and I still love skinny taste as well. I Mm -hmm. cook a lot of skinny taste recipes. Love Gina. Mm -hmm. Gina's great. Yeah. Gina's great. You can trust her. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing because a lot of times we don't have time or money or the energy to make a bad meal. Like really, right. and nor do I want to eat a bad meal. Like right. it's wasted calories. So uh, before we get into the listener questions, we got to talk about the cooking competition. <laughs> oh yeah. Drum roll please. So you guys got to explain to everyone <laughs> what this is, how it started. I think so I know I can remember where and when. So well, my dad is remarried to a wonderful woman, Judy, who is like probably if you had to invent the best stepmother uh, in the world, it's her. We call her evil because an uh, evil stepmother, but she's actually wonderful um, and has always been so great to us and our children and is, you know, a second mother in so many ways and is nurturing and loves, you know, to also take care of us and our kids. So we went to her house where my dad lived. Um, in what year was it, Ange? 90- so it was 2010 when we started this competition. Oh. Yep. In Nashua at dad and Judy's house. Um, you had, Grace was probably what? Two? No. Three? No, 2010. Grace wasn't born yet, was she? Oh, she sure was. Well, no, I know she was born in 2010. <laughs> she was born in 2009. <laughs> but I thought it was before kids. No. No, it was, um, the, it was salsa salsa, salsa and, and ready made t-shirts. Yes. We had the Fosher cook-off salsa t-shirts and scorecards for everyone to vote. And that's where it began. And now it has blossomed into a yearly cooking competition between my sister and I, where my dad for Christmas, what he likes to do for us is make us a wonderful meal. That's his gift to us. It's usually a roast, a prime rib, something delicious that our husbands love because, you know, they love like beef. So he makes the the dinners. Now my sister hosts it at her house, but, uh, and then there's a competition and there's something different every year. How do you guys come up with what you're going to cook? So we always decide after we're done that one year, after we vote. Uh, Right then and there. But so things there are like, we we've done, we want to cook the same thing because mm-hmm. so we've done French onion soup, macaroni and cheese, salsa, chicken wings, salsa, chicken, wings. chicken wings, but that was the sweep. That was the one year I lost zero to seven, my own children. <laughs> yeah. My neighbors. Just, Angie makes a good way. It was, it was, <laughs> it was so delicious. good. And yeah. we've made, um, Meatballs? Did we see? Oh, yes. Soup? I made buffalo chicken meatballs that Mm -hmm. they won, I think. 
Oh, we did scallops. Oh, yeah. You won that year. Um, a Chris, like we made like a little Christini one year or two, I think like, a yeah. Handheld app. Handheld oh, app. because we have to think it can't be too rich because my dad is preparing this amazing Christmas dinner, right? Which is like a tenderloin with potatoes and green beans. And he is really good at it. Yeah. And, and like, this is like a two biter thing. You guys are yeah. a couple of bites. And why is it only you two can- can compete like no nobody else no kids ever lose no (laughs) i mean my my dad loves a good competition and he loves to put my sister and i head to head he's always loved to do it he loves to compare us and we're always like okay but he loves it and he loves to see the passion we put into it and we get excited for it and it's he he loves to see us like together doing that you guys are good good kids he can't vote half the time he's over there sweating oh they're so good they're both good (laughs) i love you both well not (laughs) i was making homemade buffalo sauce i had a i had a deep fryer i borrowed because my dad yeah. King of the trinkets. Yeah. A little fry daddy, daddy for you. Yep. Yeah. Fry daddy. And I thought, how can you not win with a fry daddy? And my sister air fried her chicken wings with this amazing glaze, like teriyaki, right? Soy, ginger, something like that. Yeah. It's delicious. And so usually it's been pretty even. Um, but now instead of scorecards, we used to do like presentation, creativity. Now yeah. it's just which one do you like better? Put the name in the hat. The kids vote now too. Oh, okay. This is really fun. Um, and it's, it's been very even and yes, I've got great competition, but it's also, it's a great, um, activity. I think that's how it started. Like, we're like, we don't want it to all be about the presence. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You age out of that. And then you're like, well, now yeah. what do we do? Can't only stare at each other for so long. And how many more times am I watching Christmas Vacation? <laughs> like, we and got how many bottles of Freak Show do you have before My you can't God. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. So uh, eventually maybe the kids will step up when you two are feeble and old and no longer want to stand and cook. Or maybe the- even soon, Ange, we'll have the kids do like a junior competition where they can make yes. something. Because Gavin, yeah. like Ange said about her making pizza, Gavin and Nolan can make a mean pizza. They can cook. Grace cooks all the time. Um, Owen could if he wasn't, you know, burping and farting all the time. Yeah. yeah, burping and farting and playing <laughs> basketball and lacrosse. But he sure likes to eat. Uh, yes. It's just, um, I think there's a way that food is not just the center of a holiday or a family, but it can be celebrated and it oh, can yeah. be. It's very um, entertaining. It is, and talked That's about amazing. and. You know, we used to try to hide whose was whose, but now we're like, whatever, they're going to vote on the one that's better. And we even help each other a little bit now because poor my sister has to, if it's at my house or if it's her house, we have to bring all our ingredients. Right. Yeah. And you've got like home field advantage, which yeah. so you have isn't to be like, fair every year. Do you need a stallion? Right. I got one girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, do you want me to cut it for you? Okay. Let, how do you want right. to cut? I got you. All right. <laughs> Do you guys want to dive into some listener questions? We have a handful to get through. Oh, yes. Okay. And some of these are like a little wordy. So just, okay. just bear, bear with me. Okay. 
All right, Mallory from Instagram, right? Before I became a parent, I always ate all at all the new restaurants, tried all the new cuisines, and now I'm stuck in mom mode, cooking whatever I can get my kids to eat for a five and seven. And when my partner and I do go out to eat, we stick to more of what we know will be good versus trying a new place because, well, we don't have the time or the luxury like we used to, be key, be BK before kids. How can I get my kids to be more willing to try new recipes, of, try trying new types of food? I'm sick of being in this rut and I want out. That is hard. I think she's <laughs> posing a question that most parents yeah. have faced. And the only thing I can say is that it will think about it as like a long-term goal and not a short-term goal. So exposure, exposure, exposure versus like, it's not going to just be overnight. You're going to roll into a nice restaurant and your kids are going to put their napkin on their lap and they're going to order ceviche. But that happens now because the more you practice it and start like a little bit small and just, I would say, try the no thank you bite rule um, where we're going somewhere nice. And also they're not going to starve to death. So if they don't eat at the restaurant, that's okay. They can have a like, you know, chocolate milk when they get home or something, but it's about practicing being out and and trying new things and they can take one, you know, no thank you bite. Um, But also that she gets to eat what she wants. She's paying. She's the mom. (laughs) Like they can have a bag of Cheerios and be okay. I think you know, we don't want to confuse like being a good parent with, you know, giving their kids exactly what they want all the time. Because I think exposing your kid, exposing your kids to other food cultures is very important. It's important, even though some of them are a little spicy, but your kids get a palate. Like my kids used to not like spicy things, but now they've eaten enough spicy tacos at our place. We have this amazing taco place in Nashville, Riviera and I are that is Uh like, like amazing. And I love it. So they have to go. And at first the beef was too spicy. Well, if you eat enough tacos, your tongue will get used to it. So that's what my advice, like that it's a little by little, not an immediate win. Angie, what about you? So I found almost making it like a competition or being competitive about trying new things. I wonder where you get that from. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Gavin, also got my competitive gene. And so one year we decided for our New Year's resolution for him was to try one new food every single day. Wow! And that's how we got him to try new things. And he could, he would try it and be like, nope, not for me. But like, if we would put it on his plate, just with dinner, he would be like, no, but it, because it was like, oh, I have to try one new thing every day. Mm. And then he, now he eats way more vegetables because he tried more. That's a really so, good a point. One. Yeah. yeah I, I like, like that. Comp- kids love competitions. Yeah. And, and I like how you said you didn't put it on his plate. Something about putting on their plate, they feel like, oh, they have a choice. But if it's off the plate before, it's a game. Like, yeah. Pick, you know, tonight it's try a red pepper. Yep. Yeah. And their, and their um, taste buds change. So, you know, Grace and Owen used to pound avocados and then they got older and they said they didn't like the consistency anymore. Like too bad. <laughs> right. No, avocados are delicious. Uh, and right. they're expensive. So eat them. Yeah, you can't take that out of your <clears throat> no. routine. No. And I think it's important um, that especially kids at that age, because growing up, we, and I hate saying it was a different time or we're a different generation, but 
unfortunately we grew up in a very uh, white area right and so god oh, forbid, you know right god forbid there was someone from a different ethnicity that would come into our elementary school and they had something different than what we were used to seeing and they got harassed to the point that and you hear now i hear horror stories of people who as young kids went through the same thing and then they had to assimilate and eat tuna fish sandwiches when they didn't want to eat it they wanted to eat whatever their parents packed them for and they were so embarrassed and ashamed and so i think it's really important to like make an indian dish at home get get them to smell and taste these things because like you guys were saying, it's so much more food connects us. Food teaches us food brings us together, but it also helps bridge against, you know, racism. And it, it really, it, it's such a good connector for all Absolutely. of us. And so Absolutely. I think it's important to, you know, for kids to step outside of their comfort zone at the earliest stage possible and get exposed to everything possible. So then they are way more accepting as adults and like, they don't smell something and be like, Oh, what's that? I don't like that smell. My mom right. doesn't make that like, shut the fuck up. It's delicious. Right. Eat it. Like, yes, I, yes. As you I, I agree kids. because like you said, food, like it is the thing that brings us together. Yeah. And the more they're exposed to the smells, the taste, uh, the better. For, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Aaron in Chicago writes, I need some event help. I have the best intentions going into hosting things, but then somewhere in the whole process takes dark turn and the kitchen becomes a disaster. And I'm stressed beyond belief. Any tips on making hosting a little more effortless and a little less chaotic? Oh, that's a good one. I planning. Well, planning. I planning. And you've Prepping. got to be able to yell at your husband and bark some some very basic orders like divide and conquer yeah fill the ice do this um yes planning and also i read this in a magazine once and i always think of it a messy kitchen is welcoming your guests mm. don't care if your kitchen is clean yeah i actually think if your house is a little bit messy it puts people at ease i more. agree i'm not great at that scott definitely cleans before people come over but i i would say give up on the, the clean and the mess. Like who cares about that? It's about welcoming people into your home. And if you're cooking, it's going to be messy, but yeah. as many things as you can do the night before you always think you have time in the morning. No, you don't. And people you show don't. up. And in our family, you say two, one 30, everyone's there. Yeah. And your mom's <laughs> there at like noon. Nancy's yeah. there at noon. Like, how can I help? What can I do? I'm in the kitchen. What can I clean? Let me do a right. dish. Let me help. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we are lucky. Our aunties do everything, but I think that's a, a really good question that, and also pick things that allow you to prep and yeah. not have to do so much in the moment. Like for example, today we have some friends that who happen to be like traveling back to Canada and they're in the area. Um, and I was like, what can I do? That's efficient. And I can prep so taco Tuesday, I went with a theme. You can cut vegetables before you can even cook the taco meat. You can get the tortillas. You can fill the salsa jars. You can do as much ahead of time and then put it out is my, is my advice mm -hmm. and, and boss people around is the other thing. Mm -hmm. Angie. Yeah. Just, I only, if I'm, ho if I'm hosting like a, a larger group, I always make sure I'm going to choose the food that I don't have to be in the kitchen cooking, you know, so it's going to cook in the oven for a long time. 
um, and, and just prep everything I possibly can because you lose a lot of time on the day of the event. So anything you can do the day before, get it done. That's my, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're totally very good it. at that. And yeah. like you go to my sister's house, her backyard is gorgeous and it's oh, all yeah. beautiful prepped and she'll have like, you know, this beverage bin perfectly stocked. <laughs> a little she beverage was, station. Yes, <laughs> perfectly stocked. done. Yeah, 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 she, for sure. You probably did that the night before and then added ice. Yeah. And you have like, you know, I think- but I love having people over to eat and people are forgiving and they don't demand much. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have friends like that. I don't have friends that like expect too much or critical. Mm -hmm. I have great friends who come in and want to help and are happy if you just had a box of pizza delivered. So I also think if you're too worried about (laughs) who you're hosting, that might be a question because I just want people around me that are um, there for the company. Yeah, absolutely it's okay. The food can be second sometimes <laughs> to the company. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, even I hosted Christmas this year and my mom came with Phil and my brother and, and, you know, low key still COVID worried at that time. And, um, I on purpose did not do a full deep clean, like on the stairs our stairs, like the way the light will come in during the day. You can definitely see we have a big fluffy dog. So you can yeah. see the hair bundles and the dust. If you didn't get at it for like a week, the dust really builds up. And so on purpose, I was like, I don't have fucking, I don't care. I'm not, I'm just, you know, you know, Michelle though, you know, my mother. And oh, yeah. so she'll say it <laughs> for Christmas. She must've come over like the week before for some probably my birthday or something. And then the, the next week was Christmas. She got me, she gave me cash so I could hire my house cleaner. <laughs> <to> <laughs> clean more. Oh, that's so didn't subtle. clean good enough. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> hey, you know what? Awesome. It, so it worked out. If it comes with cash, that's fine. Yeah. So I'm not going to clean anymore before she comes in hopes that she'll just keep dropping more checks my way because I mean why not right <laughs> why right? not yeah no, hey. why not right That's Jenny for, question. yeah no right okay so Aaron hopefully that helped Jenny from Instagram writes I'm a sucker for a good chicken wing I think most are deep fried in restaurants but I would like to try to make some at home that aren't deep fried since summer since summer bod time is right around the corner do you have a good recipe or any way of cooking some amazing wings Angie this one's for you yes well in the air fryer, mm-hmm. they come out perfectly cooked in the middle, moist and crispy on the outside. Do um, you prep them? Like, do you have to like dry them really good? Or- yep. And, and then you shake them usually in some sort of, you know, salt, pepper, um, hot sauce. And you have to, with the air fryer though, you do have to plan ahead because you can't cook them all at one time. You right. don't want to overcrowd them in the air fryer because then it won't get as crispy. Where do you so put the ones that to, are already cooked? Do you put them like in, in the oven? Um, I, I usually just put them in a bowl and I cover them okay. with foil. Yeah. To keep them warm. And they still stay crispy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I wish, do you remember the sauce you use for your winner? Mm. I here. feel like it was like a garlicky um, soy something. Yes. I wish I could remember the recipe. Did you put that sauce on before or after? So at the very end, I throw all the wings back in the air fryer. So all of them together after they're all cooked to recrisp them up. And then I will toss the sauce. 
after that. Oh, wow. So it's a double crisp. Double crisp. And then that reheats them. So you're cooking because, or you can also ask your friend to bring their air fryer because we all have one. True. So, I got rid you of know, mine. come here and bring your air fryer. Um, mm. Her chicken wings are still being talked about. So I wow. think in the air fryer, but they do get crowded. And the, oh, she taught me about know those pieces of paper. Sometimes chicken wings stick to the metal racks of an air fryer. My sister taught me about those little papers. Parchment. They're like there are parchment papers made for air fryers, so they have holes in them. Oh. They right in the basket, and then that's like super easy cleanup. That is and they don't be stick. Oh, my no. air fryer has three like levels, and it has you can like move the. Um, Girl, you got a bougie air fryer. <laughs> I do. I think I do. I bought it after I lost that year. Yeah. Still aren't winning those chicken wing competitions. No, no. Okay. So Angie, that's a wicked good tip. So you one, one go at the air fryer with the wings. You dry them really good. Put the, and no sauce on them when you first put them in, right? No, none at all. None at all. And then do you salt and pepper them before you put them in or no, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then anything dry, a dry rub, dry yes. rub. Okay. And then take them out, put them in a bowl, little tin foil on top. Yep. And then at the very end, pack them in, put them in. Yep. For a couple more minutes and then toss them in your sauce, which whatever it is. Sauce has to be hot. Yes. Oh, and the sauce has to be hot. Yeah. You have to like, these are a lot of tips. It. Yeah. Like, <laughs> was, like her sauce was in a saucepan, you know, like, oh, warmed warm. up. Okay. And so it didn't make the chicken wing cold, but and, and it was mm, chef's you know. kiss. Yeah. Okay. I Delish. love it. And if you don't have an air fryer, my only tip would be to use the convection setting on your oven and you yes. can use a cookie sheet, a like cooling rack in a cookie sheet. Yes. And that creates the air circulation. It's not exactly the same, but in It'll a pinch, do. if you're doing like a huge thing for a big party mm-hmm. in a pinch, it would work. Um, but okay, great tips. I will include all of that in the show notes. Danny from Portland, Maine writes, salad season is upon us. I need a few dinner salad ideas that are new. Have you had any recently that would be good to try? Also, I eat everything and love all vegetables, so nothing is off the table. Thanks. Ooh, I want to be his friend. I know, right? So I, I, I can I start with that. I love Portland and I love him. <laughs> Yeah, you scare Beth. I I last night I made the most amazing salmon cob salad, and it was from Half Baked Harvest with a like. Just hear me out with this. It was like a green goddessy kind of ranch dressing, but used cashew butter as the base, and then a tiny and I added a tiny bit of Greek yogurt to it. It was so fucking good. I mean, like, and the salmon slow roasted in the oven for like 15 minutes oh my god it was it was that sounds incredible what did you season your salmon with so i was gifted from i think it's the new primal company that like i think you can get them in whole foods i'm sure they sell them online but they have like a bunch of different spice rubs like there's the there's in one that's called like the noble company and they have like the owl as the label and like mm-hmm. it's a whole yes, I've thing. Seen that. Okay. And then there's another one called, I think it doesn't matter, but I used their Buffalo seasoning and I used their barbecue seasoning and I mixed the two. Ooh. So good. Their Any Buffalo seasoning is so salmon? good. Mm, oh. Tiny bit. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 275, 15 minutes. Low 
oven, low oven, oh, low and slow. And it becomes so buttery and yes. like, oh my God. Oh my God. That is that I'm going to salivating thinking about this. My yeah. only thing I'll is send you the I recipe. Find when I chop, I call it chop, chop salad over Ooh, here. Love a chop. Whenever chop. I chop, chop, um, anything I make small, I love, it makes it, it like changes the salad. So no matter what is in my fridge, carrots, celery, um, beets, mm-hmm. anything, if I chop, chop it, it, it somehow feels like I'm at a restaurant. So that's totally chop, yeah. chop, chop, and chop, chop salads and lettuce. And don't be afraid to combine lettuces and also chop even soft lettuces because I'll chop, chop a spinach. If I'm chopping a, like a romaine lettuce, I'll still chop the spinach too. Cause I want to get rid of it if it's in my fridge. And once you chop it all, anything goes be careful because the tomatoes can get mushy. So sometimes mm-hmm. I won't chop, chop those or I'll chop them and put them in like a little ramekin on the side mm. and add them in the end. But that's my trick. Anything you want, it kind of makes it a treat if it's chop, chopped. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> sounds, sounds serious. Chop, chop, chop. chop. <laughs> Angie, what about you? I'm really, I make this sometimes once a week for a salad, but it's simple, like a baby green, Mm. um, cherry tomatoes sliced in half, like the mini mozzarella balls and thinly sliced onion, red onion, or if I have pickled onions, I will do that as well. Um, and then I just pick a protein, chicken, steak, whatever, and just some balsamic vinegar and a little olive oil. Delicious. That sounds Ooh, so good. That sounds good. I okay. know this is really hard because we're like, they don't, no one knows we're recording at six o'clock at night. And like, we're all like, so my hard. stomach's growling. I know. Yeah. Oh, I love it. oh my God. I'd add like some pesto to that. That sounds fucking delicious. Yes. Maybe some that like fresh baked basil leaves to it. Oh, I do put fresh basil on there as well. I missed that. Yes. The Sorry. crunch and the flavor, it like a little bit of basil goes such a long way in so many things that yeah. I used to think basil had to be in the line or the lane of Italian. No. So like I used to think, well, basil only goes if I'm making an Italian dish, but oh, it doesn't. It can go mm-hmm. on. Thai, Vietnamese, yes. just summer vibes. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. And um, an omelet. It's delicious omelet? with tomatoes and basil and, a, and an omelet. Oh, I love that. That's very sweet. Okay. Sasha from Instagram writes, I know you've answered this question a hundred times, but any new cookbooks you love and would recommend, I'm looking to expand my collection and would love your thoughts. And you go. Oh, I haven't got a a new one in a while, but now I'm definitely going to get the half-baked harvest one. Absolutely. Half-baked harvest every day. It is so fucking good. Like, I'm buying that. I've not made a recipe from that cookbook that wasn't delicious. Like so good. So good. What's, in, what's the one that um, I got you the salt one that we loved salt, fat, fat ass, heat, acid. I think yeah. I got that for you. Oh, opposite of me giving it to you. <laughs> I, think, oh. I think I bought that for you. Yes. Well, I think I bought it for you, but okay. No, yeah, yeah, that, I mean, um, no, sir. At, yeah. Yes, uh, buttermilk yes. chicken is so yes. good. But yes. I love that this caller or this writer is asking about cookbooks because I still want a cookbook. I love that recipes are online, but there is something beautiful about a cookbook. The pages yeah. are often glossy and thick and you can look at it while you're like 
fake watching sports on Sunday night with your yeah. significant other and be like, oh yeah, I'm listening, but I'm planning my me- menu. And I also want to support those chefs, you know, who do that. So and photographers, yeah, photographers yes. who take and the pictures. Beautiful just say in it. a kitchen. So yeah. like I have this dining room hutch, and I can like they're gorgeous, even like lined up. Did and when you're kind of stuffed for a recipe, instead of going online, you pull out these books. Yeah, and you go through them. So I love that they the caller asked for um, a cookbook because oh, yeah. I want people to keep buying cookbooks. I don't think they'll stop. I um, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they had, I don't know if you guys listened to The Splendid Table, but Francis Lamb is the host and he's also the editor in chief at Clarkson Potter. And so I might get his title wrong, but I know he's way high up there. Anyway, he was talking about how cookbooks, because Clarkson Potter is one of the bigger cookbook yeah publishers yeah and so he was talking about how cookbooks really are kind of more like a coffee table book in a way for a lot of people because it's beautiful art yes they're it's wonderful to support like the the chefs the creatives who are pouring so much love and time and the recipe testers there's a lot that goes into making a cookbook but it's and the photographers but it's um it's also art in a way and i agree with there's something very like you just said with your bon appetit magazine when it comes flipping through it, feeling the pages, taking the time. It's like a ritual thing. Same thing with cookbooks too. Like I will pull them out. There's one thing, like if you're in a pinch and you have to get some chicken, some veggies, and you're just throwing something together for a weekday meal, then you're Googling. Like that's a different right subset. But when you pull out a cookbook, you want to learn something. They're not just educational tools anymore. They're art as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. And inspiration. Yeah. There are people that are doing this for a living. Like I do it after school. Um, and it's a, it's a respite. It is a creative outlet for me and something that almost is like a ceremony. So Scott will know like, Oh, she's in cooking mode. Um, I often will put on music if my family's around, I'll put in, you know, my AirPods and mm. I'll pour a glass of wine and I'll have my cookbook out. And I, it is the process of cutting these vegetables and putting yeah. them into dishes and taking my time to create something beautiful. And now I'm not artistic. I'm not really, you know, some people paint, some people dance, some people play um, a sport. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not this girl. I cook. So for me, that ritual is also beautiful and therapeutic. And the best part is that you're doing this and then people get to benefit from it. Yeah, so totally. Isn't that wonderful that oh, like, yeah. that's like making a painting or putting on a play where people come and watch you. Um, and I realized they put in a lot more hours and sweat and blood and tears. I don't mean to say that me making. Not, no, not necessarily. I mean, saying. it's still, it's an extension of your creativity, your love. I mean, there's, you're taking time. It's yeah. Don't, don't minimize that. And it is a way to make people feel loved. You know, 100%. like yeah. parents come to visit and they've grown used to me cooking and yeah they feel loved by me because his mom and dad have said, well, when we come to your house, you make us feel welcome because you, you put the time in to create a nice meal. Mm-hmm. And I'm just feeling like, well, of course 
I want to. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. Like, you're not going to come to my house and I'm not going to cook. No, especially when people are traveling. Like, I'm fine for takeout, but if you're traveling, you've already had takeout meals and restaurant meals. I want you to sit at my table and eat something that I make. It doesn't have to be fancy. No, but it's not just going to be slop on a plate. Like, we're no, no. no. Um, Okay. Ellie, 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 Ellie from Instagram writes bear with me here. It's a good, it's a good question. It's a long question. We are a family of five. And when it comes to traveling, it's been a minute since we have gotten out in the world because of COVID and also, well, it's so expensive. Do you have any tips on traveling with a family and maybe how to have a great time without spending a ton of money? Because honestly, going out to eat every night with five people, three of which are kids, but most likely eat like they're adults having their last meal on earth on vacation is next to impossible without spending the youngest college fund. Uh, okay, I have one idea. I think that to make it fun, you can do a picnic. So what we know about restaurants is that you're paying for alcohol and the tip, you know, and like all these upcharges. So what about shifting the idea of a night out at a restaurant and doing takeout, whether it's sandwiches, so you're supporting a local restaurant or, but then you're saying we're going on a picnic and you bring mm. a blanket and you try to eat out at a park. I realize in the winter, this is not, but going to happen. We, yeah. Our family has had a picnic at the best Western in Waterbury, Vermont in the common room many times, because <laughs> after a long day of skiing, we're going to just have a picnic in the common area at a best Western. And it's some of my best memories about Aww. eating. Everyone brings cheeses and meats and then we'll get a pizza for the kids. But I would say sort of to shift the idea of what going out means because it's expensive. But if you don't have to tip and you don't have to pay for alcohol, you really can go to those restaurants and get the really good food and Mm. then eat it somewhere else and bring your own wine and also have it be an adventure for kids. I love that. Angie? I personally, when traveling with two kids, I don't like staying in hotels. Um, I like to do an Airbnb that has a kitchen. So I can, is taking small kids out to dinner every night is not fun. So I'll always plan to at least, at least get groceries so that I can cook for them certain meals, you know, because I can't, it's hard taking kids out. Well, then, like, you don't want to eat out every night either. Like, honestly, it's fun for the first few meals. And then after that, you're just kind of like, I, it all kind of tastes the same. Like, it's like, yeah, I totally get that. That's a great idea. And I agree with you on Airbnbs and um, then supporting your local markets, (laughs) grocery store. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So you guys, normally I always ask people, what are they currently making at home? I, it's dinner time. So what are you guys making at home right now? Taco Tuesday. Yeah, we have so we have friends in town, which is fun. So I, I, I know some people don't like a theme dinner. I personally still love it, and I think people like it, Um, and Mm -hmm. it gets some kind of structure and point to it. So when you do Taco Tuesday, Modelo beers with lime come with it. A good tequila, (laughs) Casamigos is my favorite right now. Yeah, with some limes and a little bit of soda water. Um, I love, so a hack with black beans, you know, you're supposed to soak them overnight, but God, that's a thing. There are some black beans that come in a seasoned sauce now in a can that 
And if you drain the sauce out and then put it in a saucepan, I dice up some jalapenos and do like a couple limes and a little bit of Modelo beer on top. It tastes not as good as a homemade black bean, I understand, um, but it's a quick fix. And then I just, I love shrimp tacos right now. So I'll buy, I always keep a big bag of frozen raw shrimp in my freezer um, and Costco has them. Marco Basket has them and you can defrost them and then season them with a Trader Joe's chili lime sauce mm. and a bunch of extra lime and grill those under the broiler and you have fish taco, you know, like shrimp tacos are fun. So that's yummy. what we're having. I love that. Angie. Well, Gav's got a uh, baseball tonight, so I'm headed there soon, but I'm going to, I've leftover flank steak mm. from the other night. I'm going to whip up a salad and put that flank steak on it. And then the kids will eat the flank steak alone. Good. Perfect. Yes. I love that. It sounds so yummy. I know you have to run and so yeah. feel free to go baseball. Are you going to eat a hot dog? She's going to eat a hot dog. She's going to bring a bag of pretzel baseball? chips in the car though. Or pop yes. She's going to bring a snack with her. And <laughs> a road soda. No, I, no, I, no road sodas right now. And she's not doing road sodas, but she'll bring, no. a, snack. She'll bring a snack to go. So yeah. normally now I also, I usually ask people like, uh, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you? But um, you don't want people necessarily to get a hold of you or find you. So instead of that, I would love to, and I'm putting you guys in the spot by saying this, is there any organizations that you'd like to bring to light that you would love people to take a little more notice to support? There's a lot going on right now. I do. I have a favorite. It's my go-to. So I work, you know, in public ed and I have, um, I have a lot, but the United Way in Nashua, New Hampshire, literally carried our community during this COVID pandemic. They stepped up in a way that um, was unbelievable with hotspots, computers, school supplies. They took care of teachers with monitors and PCs. I don't think our town would have been able to service kids without the United Way. So I think the United Way of Nashville, Mike Effelberg is the director and he is one of those like amazing men that just makes you want to be better and do better. Mm. So that's my go-to. It's local for me. And I see the way that that agency feeds kids, clothes kids, (laughs) educates kids cares for kids um, in a way that feels so local and impactful. And he has such a good pulse on the community that that's my go-to. And anyway, they're looking for tutors, you know, volunteers to tutor or to just make a financial contribution. So that's my plug. I love that. I love that. Love that. Angie. Um, I think, I don't, I don't really know. I think maybe donating to Ukraine right now. That's, that would be yep. a good thing to do. Sure. Not so. a bad idea. No, the year. world central kitchen's a great one for them. They're doing world so central much. kitchen. Yes. And, um, I would say right now when we're recording, there's six months to November and I really, 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 really cannot say enough that we need to get out and vote. People need to yes. have your voices heard. A lot of shit is happening in our country that this isn't a political podcast, but that women's rights are being impacted everywhere we look. So get out, get voting, make a difference. Your vote counts. Please, please, please show up in the polls. Oh, please, please, I'm please. so glad you said that. Yes, yeah. we all wore our shirts to work today, but 
Yes. And women are not only the, you know, but women are often the people who cook for families yeah. and we have a voice and yeah. have to get out there and, yeah. um, you know, make your voice known. Hell yeah. And men should not be telling us what we need to do with our bodies. End of oh, fucking story. Really? Just saying, just saying. Maybe okay. So come over for taco Tuesday and their taco will have a little something in it. Totally. <laughs> if you had all the money in the world and COVID, I used to say COVID wasn't a thing. You had all the money in the world. COVID's hit or miss now, but if you had all the money in the world, where are you guys going and what are you eating? Oh. All right. Allie first. No, Angie first. Who wants to go oh. first? I want to go back to Greece. I want to be in Santorini and I want to be sitting outside on the ocean eating grilled octopus. Oh, I love that. Um, I just had the most delicious meals there and I can picture myself there. That's where I want to be. Love that. I'm there with you. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've never been there, but so like you, Beth, I went to Italy. And so once you taste that thing on your tongue, you're chasing it forever. So I want to go back to Italy and I want to sit in a cafe and eat like a marshmallow ravioli, like a homemade Mm. pasta puffed with ricotta and basil and fresh fish and a carafe of wine with a little, like ever since I got back, I my wine out of little Dixie, like glass cups. Yeah. Um, So I think I've been, but also I'm curious about Spain. My sister lived there in college, so I'm a little jealous, but I know that I would love the food in Spain. Yeah. I'd love to go to Barcelona. It's on my my hit list. Italy, because I need that food because I knew it and I miss it. And I think about it and nothing is compared, you know, it's like chasing something that you just need more of. Yeah, you should watch the Stanley Tucci show. All right, ladies, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You both are amazing. I can't wait to see you. We're getting together this summer. No questions asked. We're going to cook together. We're going to drink some wine or tequila. And I love you both to the moon and back. We've been friends for almost 40 years. This is just it's a delight to have you in my life still and to talk to you today. Thank you, Beth. You're, I'm you. really proud of you. Thank you, love bug. Like, Thank you know, you. from Dear Haven Ave. <laughs> to here. Look at it. I'm not Look surprised, though. Like, you have a way of connecting people. And you're beautiful. And you're smart. And we were excited about tonight. So thank you for... Thanks for having us. Anytime. You guys will have to come back. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Love you. Angie and Allie, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast this week. It was such a treat to connect and chat with you. It's been a minute. I love you both so, so, so much. And one aside, Angela wanted me to mention Globes and Fishes Food Pantry in Littleton, Massachusetts. I will link all of the information from this episode as well as the organizations in the show notes. Those can be found on my website, elizabethrfuller.com. If you've got questions for the podcast, if you want to be on the podcast culinary sleuthing of any kind shoot me an email let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and of course tag me in your food adventures on instagram at let's go on a food adventure you guys thanks so much for listening appreciate you